Welcome to Business Resilience Decoded. I am your host, Vanessa Matthews, the Founder and Chief Resilience Officer of Asphalus Advisors. Today, I'm super excited because we are talking about the myth of best practices. And on the podcast today, uh, Cliff Thomas, he is an adjunct faculty with Colorado State University. He will be joining us. So Cliff, how are you? I'm doing great. Great to be here, Vanessa. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. So um, you wear many hats <laughs> and you're involved in many things. Uh, can you tell our listeners about you and how you landed in the world of continuity crisis and everything else? All this craziness, especially in 2020, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, let me start by saying that I live in Fort Collins, Colorado. So um, those of you who aren't familiar with that, um, it's known as being as having the most microbreweries per capita. So I guess you'd have to be known for something. That's not too bad. Um, I do teach at uh, Colorado State University um, at the University of Denver. And then beginning early next year, I'll be teaching at the University of Maryland. But over the past 20 plus years, I've been involved in, in um, this field in a variety of capacities um, of design and run corporate programs. And most recently, I've been involved in consulting. I like to think that I have a perspective of you know what your listeners and viewers are going through, uh, the challenges they have, and um, you know I'm just happy to have a chance to share some of uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly that I've seen over the years. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. So let's jump right into it. So we started talking in our pre-call about best practices. Uh, how would you define what a best practice is? I would. So I'm going to lean on uh, Merriam-Webster for this one, but I'm going to paraphrase. And so, um, it, but I think it's a definition we can all agree upon. And that is that it, a best practice is a procedure that is validated by research, research or evidence providing optimal results and, and something that can be broadly applied, right? So it works, we know it works and um, it works sort of in a universal uh, way. So can I unpack that a little bit? Cause I think it's important for the discussion today. Yeah, so there's so, two things that you said. So <laughs> right. uh, validated research. Uh, so definitely dive into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I'm gonna start with the. I'm gonna start by talking about procedure. So when we talk about procedure, we're talking about a way of doing things, right? Um, steps. Um, you know, a known sequence of activities. Often, I think we confuse a best practice with a really good idea. So. Someone might say to you, well, a best practice is to um, build executive commitment for your program. Well, that's a great idea, but it's not a best practice. So mm. quite often, you know, we'll hear these really good ideas and then an approach tacked onto that idea, but that approach is not necessarily a best practice, right? It's um, one way to implement a really good idea. So that's one thing. So it's procedures. The second thing we're talking about validation like research or evidence. And it's interesting because we work in a field that, um, and probably you know this if, you know, in the academic world, when you research this stuff, there is actually not a lot of research out there that confirms that a lot of the practices in this field actually work. So they, they do work and they don't work in some cases, but research that shows, hey, you know, in this context, this kind of thing works, here's why, here's how, we don't understand a lot of that. So we tend to go off of, um, you know, we do the best we can. Yeah. We ask others what they're doing. We see what other folks have done that have, 
has worked, and often we look for best practices. I know that was a long-winded definition, but um, I think it's sort of, you know, it's not just um, seeing what others are doing that is working for them. Mm -hmm. That doesn't qualify as a best practice. Yeah. So what I'm thinking of, since you're a professor, you would appreciate this, you know, back when... <laughs> back when we used to go to school uh, and there was a uh, pencil sharpener on the wall. I feel like this conversation is the pencil sharpener on, on the wall. And how do we yeah. remind ourselves that you can't, well, you can just take an idea and call it a best practice, but um, it's not credible. And exactly. It's not gonna yeah. drive much value. So let's, let's take this opportunity to um, educate ourselves, right? On let's question things. And well, why are we calling that a best practice? And where has that been validated? So I think that, that that's, that's such a great call out. Um, so that, that actually takes me into another question for you. What is the problem with adopting best practices or ideas? Yeah. So I'd, I'd start by saying that adopting a best practice isn't in and of itself a bad thing. I'm not saying that best practices won't work. I'm saying that they won't necessarily work. And that's the problem. We adopt them with the idea that they are proven and that they will work in our organization. And that's not the case. And when we do that, we, you know, we expend time, resources, effort, mm -hmm. and, and we even put our own credibility at risk. Um, so the organization doesn't advance. And you know, we've burnt all these calories trying to do something that perhaps has proven ineffective. I can break that down a little bit. Please, please. So. Um, and, I, and I would say that, you know, I, I first became interested in this topic as, you know, in my consulting, I would say about 90% of the, uh, the consulting work that I've been a part of involved trying to redo something that had been done before and didn't work. And quite often those previous activities were believed to be best practices. Mm. Um, they might have been somewhere, but they weren't there, right? So when I, th when I think of best practices, I think the things to think about are, are, are number one, the reality of organizational change. So when we implement new practices, we're talking about change, right? We're doing something different. Change is a process. There's a natural resistance to change. People like certainty, you know, they like what they know. It's a, just a, it, we're wired as humans to be that way. And we need to treat change as that process. And so we need to bring others along with us. We need to identify stakeholders, make them feel part of the process. Don't make them feel, have them feel that way. We're not trying to, um, you know, we're not trying to um, fake anything here. We want others' voices to be heard. We want a sense of shared ownership. The problem with best practices too often is that they are assumed to be effective. And so they're dropped into an organization mm. and it short circuits that change process. And so all those things that are necessary to make change stick are overlooked. Another point I'd like to make has to do with organizational fit. Because a best practice worked at another organization, should we assume that it, it will work for ours? Not necessarily. I mean, you can think of, about a lot of descriptors that make organizations unique, but two that come to mind for me are culture yep. and um, just resource availability. So another organization's culture isn't necessarily in line with the cultures in our organization. So the, the way decisions are made, the way communications flow, 
um, hierarchy, things like that differ from organization to organization. And when we, when we implement practices, we tend to think within the context of the problem and the solution and not the wider view. So I like to think of organizational culture as a, it's like a river where the water's flowing in a certain way and everybody's say, you know, sort of thinking, this is the way we do things. When you implement change, do you wanna be going with that current or against that current? And yeah. quite often a best practice, if it's not appropriately applied, can be really trying to go against that current. And that's, it's hard to be successful that way. Yeah. So you, you, you mentioned that we assume for it to be effective. And uh, my pastor once told me, if you make assumptions, you make an ASS out of you and out of me. <laughs> so do I have heard that. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and another thing I'm thinking about too, you know, even the, the lessons learned process that we talk about, we don't really design for learning to actually happen. Right. Um, it, it, so that's a whole, that's just a major challenge that we have in terms of how we adopt these practices, right? And where they come from. So you talked a little bit about some examples that, you know, we can definitely relate to in our field, like executive buy-in. That's, that's a, that's what some people may consider as a best practice. To your point, I think it's an idea and it's an idea that hasn't worked <laughs> for <laughs> right. organizations or cultures. Too often, right. um, But to that notion, how did we get here? So I think, you know, we all wanna do what's best for our organizations. And in this VUCA world we live in, right? It's, it's volatile, it's uncertain, it's chaotic, it's ambiguous, and it's fast moving. We want efficiency and we want effectiveness. And so back to the, uh, the assumption that you just talked about a minute ago, there's this allure that, well, if this has worked at other places, then, you know, I think, so our tendency to want to wanna be effective quickly sort of puts the halo effect on those practices. And, and, and we assume because they work to other places, they'll work here. And it's possible. But what I'm saying is that we, we shouldn't depend on that. So that's, I think that's, you know, we got here through good intentions mm. because I would also say that because of the lack of research, scientific evidence, if you will, behind certain practices working in certain contexts, how else do you stand apart? How else do you make a certain way of doing something look appealing? Yep. I mean, if we're talking about opinion, then it's my opinion, this is a best practice and that's what I'm going to call it. You know, I think we're in the field where we need to think critically. We need to look below the surface, ask questions, probe, and really sort of have a deeper understanding of the things that um, can impact our organizations and the ways that we can become more resilient. Absolutely. So it's good intentions and a desire to be effective and to move quickly that actually end up hurting us, um, which I, I can only imagine how many times we, we've seen that from an exercise or a lessons learned. Um, so what can we do to be aware of this notion of best practicism? What does that look like? Yeah, so believe it or not, the, one of the most effective things that we can do to, with regards to any problem, is just be very mindful and have awareness about sort of the, the factors that play into that problem. Being aware that new practices involve change and that change is a process. 
and that that process involves engaging others, engaging stakeholders. You know, they're the ones that are going to have to implement over the long haul, and so you certainly want their support. That's a that's a that's an awareness issue. It starts with an awareness of that need. Um, you know, the same is true for organizational fit. So if someone recommends to me a certain practice, I might think, okay, I shouldn't think of this in terms of just this problem and solution, but the bigger picture. So why don't I ask, well, why did this work elsewhere? Mm. What were the conditions that were occurring there that would transfer here? And I think a very, very powerful question is for someone who's suggesting a best practice is under what conditions would this not work? And if the answer is, oh, well, this always works, start heading the other direction because <laughs> that's really not true for any, for, you know, for anything. Everything, you know, has its context and, you know, has its, you know, uniqueness and um, things don't tend to work uni universally. I think we all know that. So an awareness of, of those kinds of things is, I think, very, very helpful and, you know, probing superficial claims. Yeah. Even if the, the claims are coming from our own mind. Yep. So uh, we haven't even scratched the surface on this conversation and we could right. go <laughs> deeper. Um, but I know that we don't have the capacity to do that now. How can our listeners find you if they want to follow up? Well, I would recommend they um, reach out on LinkedIn. That would be great. And I'm putting together a website with very short videos discussing topics like this. That will be called the resiliencelab.org. Does, doesn't sell anything. It's just putting out information. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Thanks for tuning in to Business Resilience Decoded with the Disaster Recovery Journal and Asphalus Advisors. Subscribe, share, download, and look out for future episodes.